Today's episode of the Back to Back Podcast is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. If you're doing one, ten, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business. Finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more all in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. Coming up on today's back-to-back podcast, we're talking the Raptors' win streak. They can't stop winning. We've got D'Angelo Russell's debut with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Andre Iguodala's debut with the Miami Heat in San Francisco in front of his old team, plus who's good in the East and who's bad, all right here on Basketball Buzz. Welcome to the Back-to-Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. Lock it in! There's like someone drilling next door to me right now. Can you hear yeah. it? Congratulate them on the deck. This is the Basketball Buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Logic and reason. With Zach Harper. Oh man, if you put Gordy in Atlanta, we can just walk goodbye from Los Angeles. <laughs> Big Waz. Kristen's beautiful words about pop are the best advertisement for the CIA that I've ever heard in my entire life. I've seen the machine in the basement of Madison Square Garden turning out $100 bills. <laughs> yeah, this isn't for weed. This is a you know, lifetime achievement award. <laughs> right now, that is I've been wanting to say that for a long time. South will rise again. I'll tell oh you that much. Oh I'm just going to tell you what I think. I, I don't think it's inconsistent. You've been popped, right? Yes. He may have big bones, but he doesn't have big meniscus. What? Why would I wear pants or shorts or anything? Everyone does well when you have good results. Produced by Jay Poy. Everyone doesn't do well when they don't. Yes, it's right. This is a journey into sound. The mecca of basketball. <laughs> Everybody knows if you go back in time, don't do anything. The ramifications can be quite severe. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new What's up, buddy? Uh, all right, let's, let's dive into this. We've got let's a few minutes, few minutes with John. We get the scene from the new look Timberwolves. But first is the Basketball Buds, or Basket Buds. I still don't know what the name of this podcast is. On the back-to-back podcast of the Athletic Podcast Network, I'm Zach Harper. Joined by who we got? We got Dave DeFore, we got Wazi Lambert, we got John Krasinski, not that one, the other one. Uh, we got Mike Smeltz, we got Jane Hoy on the line. Um, all right, so the Raptors, 15 in a row. They win without a center. The Rockets are starting a starting a trend here. Rondé Hollis Jefferson was their center last night. Uh, they played swarming defense. Even though, like, even though they give up 126 points, John, they still like. I thought the defense was great in that game. Which I don't know how that's possible. Well, in the second half, especially. I mean, I think they give up, what, 74 in the first half or 75? 75, yeah. In the first half. And then put the clamps on in the second half. And I think you saw kind of a, a Wolves team that they don't even know who each other is yet. And so they, they don't know kind of where to throw it. And and they're a little lazy with their passes. But, man, like, Ronnie Hollis, Jefferson, Siakam, Flan, Van Vliet, uh, ate D'Angelo alive a couple of times right out at, uh, above the break. And and they are so freaking disciplined and good. It's amazing. But, th- like, this – and this is nothing new. Like, I, a couple of Wolves fans were, were chiming in at me last night. Like, how do they lose to the Raptors when they don't have Gasol and Ibaka? I'm like, the Raptors were, like, 22-0 and last year without Kawhi. Like, I mean, these guys just play. And – and they, they bear down and they forced the ball out of D'Angelo's hands in the fourth quarter. They battled Towns and doubled him a lot in the, in the paint, and Towns didn't look comfortable with that. And they just wreaked havoc, man. It was It's unbelievable what they're doing. Well, it helps that they've got a coach who coaches like Greg Maddox. He's just like a junk ball pitcher when it comes to defense, and you never know what he's going to throw at you from possession to possession. I, I love to watch the Raptors. They are by far my favorite team because of Nick Nurse and his creativity. I mean, clearly they've got talented guys, but it's just, it is an extremely uniquely coached team. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they, they throw different looks, but then there's also just this cohesiveness with the group in general so that you can mix things up. Uh, at a moment's notice and they adapt to it. So, you know, you'll see other teams where if the coach tries to get cute or creative or whatever, it kind of falls apart because the guys are not on a line. And and these guys just know what to do in multiple different 
situations. They're really, really smart. And I mean, especially defensively, I know this is kind of trite, but they just play so freaking hard, like all of the time. And so yeah, Lowry, you got, I mean, they're, they're, they're nasty. They got an edge to them and they just, they, they feast on turnovers. I mean, they had like 34 points in transition last night off 23 turnovers. They hit threes in transition. They get to the bucket in transition. They just, I mean, they just make your life a living hell um, out there if you kind of get into the frenetic kind of thing that that junk ball does. And especially for a team like the Wolves, who uh, are, are they have had like one and a half practices since since they changed out their entire team, they, they just weren't equipped to deal with that. John, I want to ask you about D'Lo um, in his first few, you know, his first few stints with the Wolves here. How did you think that he looks? Um, how do you think he's going to acclimate himself? Because, you know, I was talking to Zach about it last night. It's kind of put up a shut-up time for for Carl Towns and, and, and a couple of these guys because, you know, Carl Towns has been so vocal about, this is who I want to play with, oh, we're besties, you know, so I'm like... <laughs> I, well, I also want to. I want to piggyback on that to answer Waz's question. Also, do we think he should just go by Carl Towns now to get a little toughness? A little tough, that <laughs> give him an edge that way. Yeah, he's soft, right? So right, that Anthony's soft, soft. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe that's got to be it. Um, but yeah, no. To Waz, to your point though, like this is now what Towns wanted. He's got the coach he wanted. He's got the teammates he wanted. Um, he is the, the organization has really catered to him in most major ways. And so he is going to have to, I think, bring a different level, especially on the defensive end to sort of validate the faith that, that the organization has placed in him. And when you look at D'Angelo, so last night was his first game. I mean, they throttled the Clippers on Saturday, uh, just playing, I think on pure adrenaline and D'Angelo did not play in that game. And then I think they played all right offensively for a lot of the game uh, against the Raptors, but defense is going to be the problem for them. Um, you know, the, when it came to crunch time, Nick Nurse just targeted D'Angelo in the pick and roll and went after him time and time again, using Lowry as the screener, Siakam as the ball handler. So, and then Siakam had easy pull-up jumpers, could take D'Angelo right to the basket. So it's going to be a work in progress where they have to figure out ways to cover up the weaknesses that both towns and D'Angelo present. The one thing that I wonder about with D'Angelo defensively is I think towns in the right system within the right headspace can be fine defensively, not Matumbo, not, you know, Draymond green, but he can be okay. <laughs> Like, Not defensive player of the year, you saying? Yeah. No, no. But but I but I don't I don't know that D'Angelo can even be fine. So how do you deal with that? Wow. That's going to be well, a problem. Well, I think the realistic goal for them at their peak is like twelfth to fifteenth defensively as a team, and then like an elite offense, offense yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah. exactly. They got to be top five offense. Yeah, and 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 here's what we have seen from D'Angelo then in that respect. Uh, he brings a dimension offensively that they haven't had in, since Sam Cassell, like literally. Um, so they haven't had a point guard who can shoot it like D'Angelo since Sam Cassell in 2004. And he was taking two threes a game. D'Angelo okay. takes nine or 10. So for a lot of this season with this new system that Ryan Saunders and Gerson Rosas have put in, that is more like the rocket system. You, you had Shrevian Graham and Josh Kogi and, and a bunch of non-shooters, just Andrew Wiggins bricking brick from outside. Jerk where D'Angelo can hit. I mean, he, he can hit. Malik Beasley can hit. Ramon Gomez can hit. And so that will change a lot of what they can do and give Towns a lot more room to work in the paint. So Towns doesn't have to take eight threes a game anymore because he has other perimeter guys who can knock those things down. Yeah, and I think... Uh, you know, for as many warts as, as D'Angelo Russell has in this game, operating in pick and roll is probably his his truest skill, right? Uh, and and some of the guys, like, they got rid of Jeff Teague. And, you know, the, some of the guys like McLaughlin or McLaughlin, am I saying his name right? McLaughlin, McLaughlin yeah. 
you know, God Michael bless George, him. Michael Jordan McLaughlin is his actual name. Right, right. Yeah. God bless him, but <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't he's not the most adept ball handler. Obviously, he's really smallish coming off of, you know, screen and rolls. Uh, I think D'Angelo Russell fills that need immediately, right? Because that's something that he's incredible at. But yeah, like you said, John, I'm gonna be interested in how or if they play defense. <laughs> And, you know, see how this looks the rest of the way. Yeah, and, and you know, in the pick and roll, I mean, one of the problems that the Timberwolves had for a long time, even dating back to last year and before, it was too easy to take Carl Anthony Towns away in the fourth quarter because the point guards that were running pick and roll with him had a really hard time squeezing the ball into a tight window. You know, uh, we always say, like I always say, with quarterbacks, the great ones can throw a receiver open and can can put the ball in a place where even uh, if they're quote unquote covered, it can he can still complete a pass. Jeff T couldn't do that. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin can't really do that. Shabazz Napier couldn't do that. So it was a lot easier for defenses to just get in Towns' way and really limit his ability to get the ball in spots where he wanted. D'Angelo Russell is a better passer that way. He can he can find angles and 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 make passes and use touch that um, most of these other point guards that that Towns has played with since Ricky Rubio uh, have not been able to do. So that will allow them to keep Towns a little bit more engaged and involved. I think in the fourth quarter as they figure that stuff out, and then just the shot making um, is going to make things a lot easier for Towns as well because D'Angelo does have a little bit of creation to him, even though he doesn't go to the rim very much, he finds ways to get open either in the mid range or from three um, that, that towns has trouble doing on his own. So that, that will be a help as well. John, before we let you go, let me ask you a question. Uh, and I know it's very early for this, but how do the wolves approach Malik Beasley's restricted free agency? Because he's going to get paid. They, like they obviously want him, right? Like they didn't acquire him just to let him walk in restricted free agency or sign a trade. But if he plays the way I think a lot of them expect him to play and the way I think we expect him to play, like this could be a 15 to $20 million per year deal, except, except it's restricted free agency. I don't think a lot of teams believe that they can get him away from the wolves. So they're not going to throw an offer sheet out there and there can usually be stagnation in those situations. And maybe Malik Beasley bets on himself and takes the one year qualifier. Right? So like, how do you expect them to approach that? Yeah, well, you're right, Zach, in terms of they really want Beasley to be here for the long term. I mean, he, can fill it up from outside. He's super athletic. Um, he can slot in with Russell and Towns at that two guard position and really play well against the, the Clippers. He was just on fire, seven threes. And the other thing that they really like about him is he brings an edge, like a competitiveness, but he's not a dick. So, <laughs> see, that's what I don't. That's the one thing I don't like about him. I wish he was a dick. I think he's I think he's got some of that that edge to him that they need in that locker room. So he fits in a lot of ways. So uh, kind of long story short, restricted free agency is a perilous thing for for the player. Right. I mean, getting a a, a an offer sheet is really hard to do. Uh, I think especially this summer, it might be challenging with the the scarcity of cap space and and all that going on. Um, But Malik Beasley is represented by Clutch Sports. So they have in the past shown a willingness to go to the mattresses, either with, you know, either creating a market in restricted free agency site, you know, threatening the qualifying offer, all of those things. So it, it, this will not be something where they will, you know, roll over and just take whatever the wolves are going to offer. This is going to be a negotiation. Malik Beasley, I can tell you, really wants to be here. He loves the opportunity that he think he that he thinks he can get here. And that's what he wants after being in Denver and and kind of not not having a chance as much there. But this will be kind of a an interesting process for them to navigate, just given clutch sports history of uh, of being hardcore in these situations. Yeah, he's really good. He's good. Like he's he's man, per man. he's perfect for yeah. the for this team. For, for this team, for that system. Like he's I mean so it's good. exactly what Carl Anthony Towns has missed his whole career. Yes. Is a guy that can defend and shoot threes on the wing. Now hold on. Didn't he play with Tayshawn Prince his rookie year? Tayshawn spotted up from that high school line with like no one else in the NBA. <laughs> to watch Towns 
get doubled and tripled over the first 50 games of this year yeah. and kick out to Trevion Graham on the wing. <laughs> I mean, it was painful. Jared Culver, Josh Akogi, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, these are guys that are all 31% or below, you know, uh, three-point shooters. And it was just like, my God, this doesn't have any chance at all of going in. So to now that he's kicking out to Beasley, that he's kicking out to D'Lo, that he has Hernan Gomez in the corner who can knock down shots that way. Like, it's a totally different feel. So, yes, I think Beasley fits perfectly here. I think the Wolves want him here. And it'll be a, a, a little bit of a negotiation. But um, as long as someone doesn't throw some sort of unbelievable offer at him, I, I have to imagine he's going to be here for the long term. And honestly, I, I think even if they did, I think the Wolves match. Could be. Yeah, because yeah. they don't have any other way of, of going out and getting anybody right now. Right. I mean, and there's nobody. Yeah, with Russell yeah, and Towns right. on max deals. And you can't recruit to Minnesota or you have had historically had trouble recruiting to Minnesota. Like, unless you are severely overpaying, it's hard to get on a free agent's radar. And the Wolves don't aren't, are, are unable to overpay in unrestricted free agency because Russell and Towns are already on max deals. So... Um, yeah, it's going to be where they'll, they'll probably pay a premium. It might be similar to what the bucks did with Chris Middleton, although, you know, uh, not maybe quite to that, you know, bar, but there, there could be a little bit of that if they want to keep him and he's young, he's, he's the perfect age for these guys. Like there's so much of it that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, John, I crushing blow for the wolves last night as they fall to one and one on the season, but you'll go, <laughs> you'll go, uh, cover that 500 team of practice today. Thanks, John. Can't wait. Thanks guys. All right, guys. Um, is Nick nurse running? I, I hate doing this kind of question, but I've been thinking about it a lot this morning. Is Nick nurse running away with coach of the year? I and there've been a lot be. of coaches that are I mean, very deserving. So that's going to piss a lot of fan bases off. But like, yeah, I feel like the way they're doing it. The buzz he has right now, the win streak and everything, like it's kind of this perfect storm at the right time of the season when people really start assessing awards. The the injuries, right? Like yeah. so I would say it's him or Bud because right. it's very yeah, hard to come back. I don't think you can back. ignore Bud's right. They're on a 70 win pace. 70 wins and a plus 12 point differential. That's like ridiculous. And on the heels of what they did last year, right? So like this is it's very tough to to win 60 something games and then come back and be better. And I think that, you know, like when, when I look at this season for Bud, I, I, I do think about that quite a bit. Um, but with all the injuries that Toronto's had, come on, man. I mean, you know, th- this team is going to win, you know, 55, 57 games. I don't know. They might not lose again. Look at them. They forgot. <laughs> they, they forgot how to lose. They're on a roll, man. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I, you know, and I, I believed in them coming into the year. I, I thought that they were going to be fine without Kawhi. I thought Siakam would be would do more although he hasn't he hasn't been as great as he was to start the season yeah he actually has not been relatively like uh, to what his standards were at the start of the season he, he hasn't rough really weeks yeah he hasn't really been that good during this win streak like he's been he hasn't been bad but he hasn't been like what we expected him to be good yeah but nick nurse finding ways to you know figuring out who's gonna step up on any given night um i, I think that he's got to get credit for that and uh yeah i mean just to to battle through all the injuries that they've had and still win games. I mean, you talked about it last night. They didn't have a center Yeah, playing one of the is, I mean, are we still saying is one of the best centers in the league? He's one of the best offensive centers. Like, what do you think he's good? Like offensively, he's, he's probably second best. Like I think Jokic is the best. And then when you factor in like his passing, his, his shooting ability, like I think he's a better scorer than Joel Embiid. He's not a better center, but he's a better scorer. Okay, fair. Yeah. And, and so, you know, to 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 go up against that guy and, you know, like Rondé Hollis Jefferson all of a sudden, you know, looking like Draymond Green. So, yeah. um I, I think yeah, you got to give they, him credit for that. And they just scheme, man, they schemed that perfectly. Like they had help in his lap immediately when he caught the ball. And they were just like, "Hey, go be a passer." Right? Yeah, and and, and, and this is year 2 for Nick Nurse in the NBA. That's the man, that's the other thing. Like, was like I feel like it's I feel like it's going to be not that far in the future where we're like Nick Nurse is the best coach in the NBA. I don't feel like I'm overreacting here. Like I think he's the best coach in the NBA. He might I be. I think he is yeah, the he best m- coach. He might be. Yeah. You're not overreacting. And, you know, what it reminds me of, honestly, is is another guy who I don't think ever gets um, enough credit. 
Randy is coach is <laughs> yeah right. Coach Eric Spolstra, right? Yeah. Like no matter what the group is they have down there, the team plays hard as hell, and they're good. Every, they're competitive every single season. Yeah. Roster fluctuation, it doesn't matter. Injuries, it doesn't matter. Like who can forget when they went thirty-one and ten because Dion Waiters all of a sudden became a player, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, so that's who, who Nick Nurse most closely reminds me of, like somebody who's not afraid to try different things, new things, who coaches the shit out of the defensive end of the floor. Um, and that's that's who Nick Nurse makes me think about. He makes me think about Spo. Yeah, well, that, it's interesting you mentioned that because Dave, like when I when I was thinking about you know just kind of Nick Nurse as a coach and everything, I was thinking the only time they won't have a coaching advantage in the East playoffs is when they face the, or is if they, if they face the heat. And then I think it's even like, I, I don't think he's losing that. I just think it's, I think it's even at that point, which is crazy to say about a second year coach. Right. Well, so this is the thing. And I've been making this point a lot. Um, and, and I made it yesterday talking about the Knicks looking for, for a new head coach. He's not really a first year. Like he's not a second year head right. coach. Right. He's been a head coach at multiple levels. Right. I yeah, think yeah. that, what we what we're going to see a trend away from at least i think the smart teams are are going to trend this way is when they have these vacancies instead of saying oh well you know this assistant has a lot of buzz this assistant has worked under pop yeah. for 8 years they're going to start going to the g league and seeing and going to colleges i mean brad stevens is an example uh ran a mid major program guys that know how to run an entire program runs a mid major program so, now Oh, right, but it's so totally different when you run your own your own team than it is being an assistant because there's no way to judge an assistant. You know yep. what is Greg Popovich is not going to tell be you that there, exactly. Hammers. You have to be there every day to know what the assistant is doing on exactly. His, um, giving nobody team. can not tell me what Becky job. Hammond does. No, of right? course I don't. I don't know. If she knows. I don't know what she does. What she's responsible for. Same with Tim Duncan. Like and all of these assistants around the league. But when you've got a guy who's run a G League team. I can I can look at it. I can say, oh, okay. I know how he uh, sets his rotations. I know the the sort of sets he's going to run. I know how creative he's going to be. Taylor Jenkins, hey, the guy in Memphis, Taylor Jenkins, out of the G League. Yep. yep. I I think that we're going to see more and more of these guys getting opportunities uh, because the the important part when you're judging these coaches is how do you run the program, not what do people say about you. Yeah, I mean, I I. <sighs> I look at what they're doing with their coaching staff. I look at what they're doing with um, with development. And we talked about the development before, so we don't have to really get into it. But it's just like man, every single part, <clears throat> excuse me, every single part of this organization is just highly impressive now, right? Like they've become, and, and I guess maybe it's easy to react because they won the title last year. And let's say they lose the title, lose Kawhi. Maybe we're talk, not talking about them as favorably as we are right now, but still like they'd still be up there, right? Like it still was a very good organization, but it does just seem like, them the heat more so than the spurs like they've just like these two teams have become like kind of organizational gold toronto like, is is light years yeah they're, they're actually light years right now right right look at look yeah. at what their scouting department the stuff has done that they get off of the scrap heap is dude it's just terrible. crazy <laughs> fred van vliet i mean i mean dude siakam is starting in the all-star game <laughs> like that makes absolutely no sense and this is why I, I look at the like when people talk about Masai leaving and going to the Knicks, he's going to start from scratch, right? He's yeah. going to have to rebuild unless he's going to yeah. pull that entire organization over. And, and I just I don't see that ever happening. Like I, I think he'll stay there until he's done. He's got it. It's it's so well built. It's a well oiled machine. The scouting department is. I mean, I don't know any of those guys. <laughs> But they might be the best scouting department in the league. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, it, the, they the got to be up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's the question for me with like the whole Masai to New York thing. It's not a it's not a matter of like, oh, you know, can I or is this organization good enough when I've had this organization? Right. To me, it's strictly ego driven. I'm not trying to say Masai is like this egotistical maniac or anything, but he does have an ego. And so to me, it it would be like kind of the thing of like, oh, really? Nobody can fix the Knicks. Watch me. Right. You know, like, which I don't think is a crit. Like, we saw a similar thing, uh, obviously a very different way, but where when 
Kyrie was like, oh, LeBron's leaving. I don't want to lead this team. I want to lead my own team elsewhere, right? I don't want to be stuck right. in Cleveland leading this team. I've tried that before. I want my own team. And so it came out of like, and granted, it became a disaster in Boston. But I, the thought process to me was never crazy of like, yeah, he should feel he's good enough to lead his yeah, own team. And, and by the way, it reminds me, it's this different sport, but it's like a Theo Epstein type of thing. It's like, yeah, exactly. all right, yeah. I did this one thing. Did this that with was... the Sox, I'll do this with the Cubs, right? Right, exactly. So you're saying, yeah, take the Knicks over. That's basically the same thing. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Historically awful Listen. franchise that can't win. The curse of the straight shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. And and here's the, here's the other thing is that James Dolan could pay him $20 million a year. And I, I don't know how anybody could say no to that. Remember, there's no salary cap for front You'd office be an or coaching staff. Irresponsible family man to say no to that. Yeah, cash out and then go back to the to the Raptors go, later yeah, on. Right? You get yourself go buy a, two go years. Go buy a partnership. Yeah, exactly. buy, buy a share. Yeah, so I, I get like I certainly there is a way that he could leave. I just I don't know, man. He he built that thing up into what it is, and and it's amazing what they're doing. I mean, they yeah. they really are like Spurs North right now. When you look at how consistent they've been and every single movie makes just seems to pan out the, obviously making the DeRozan trade, even, even losing Kawhi. And even if they don't win the title, he still got that contract off the books and set them up yeah. to continue the run. Here, here's how good Masai is. If he traded for LaMarcus Aldridge this summer, I wouldn't question it. Uh, we'd, we'd be bending over <laughs> I, backwards. I would saying, say, I would say, wow, wow I, you know what? I believe, move. I believe. Yeah. Oh, he's going to zag while everybody else is zigging. (laughs) Smart. Yeah, we would totally do that. I I can see Marcus disrespect continues unabated on this show. What was on the ding last night? All I mentioned was that in a game where they lost, he had 33 meaningless points. (laughs) It's just what, you know. Look, he had 33. That's impressive. You know, they didn't mean anything. But he had 33 points. Yeah, Yeah, they're meaningless, right? Most of his points are. They're meaningless in 2020, at least. Um no, like I just think I think if you could order up one executive to take over a team, it'd be Masai Ujiri. But if you wanted to order some food, guys, you can order from anywhere with DoorDash. Do you know that Valentine's Day is approaching, and maybe you forgot to make a reservation, right? Maybe you just thought like, oh, I'll get to it, and then you started calling around town and you weren't able to find anything good. So Valentine's Day is here, and you here's what you do. Here's the trick, Dave. You say. Honey, tonight, why don't I take care of dinner? We'll just have a nice night at home. I'll get a bottle of wine. You know, we'll watch a mo- watch that movie you love. You know, we'll watch Primal, that Nick Cage movie you love. We'll watch that. <laughs> we'll do that. And we'll just order in. And you order in with DoorDash. Don't settle for last the last table available. Treat your date to delivery with DoorDash at home. And you can get anything. Favorite pizza place? It's on there. Over 310,000 restaurants have partnered in over 4,000 cities. So you might find a new favorite. You try something new, you get it delivered to you. You don't have to get dressed up. Stay in your jammies. Stay in your sweats. You know what that means, Waz? Easier access to the end of the night. Yes. You know, free you're already comfortable. Yeah. The comfortability of being on the couch in, in pajamas. Absolutely. And so how you do this is you you do it with DoorDash. And right now our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and you enter the code BACK, like in back-to-back podcasts. The promo code is BACK. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BACK. Don't forget that's code BACK, B-A-C-K, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Uh, what did you guys think of Andre Iguodala back in the Bay last night? Do you guys see? Uh, it, do you guys see who had how they determined who was going to address the crowd between Clay and Steph? Oh. I did not. Well, did they did rock paper scissors on the bench, oh, and wow. so they come out and and Steph hits him with the scissors, and Clay goes to paper, and so they they're doing clearly doing two out of three. They go back, Steph hits him with the paper to his rock, and Clay just throws his hands up like, "Come on, what do you like?" He just so quick and so pro, so precise, just completely obliterates it's all that Clay laser Thompson. eye training. Oh my god, yeah, the flashing bulbs and everything. Like he's been training right. for this his whole life. Yeah, Clay yeah. Clay was completely overmatched in rock paper scissors. So then Clay goes and addresses, and then. Uh, Andre Iguodala goes and addresses and says they're going to wreck the league next year for 80 games. Notice he left off two games, play the Heat twice. Mm-hmm. It's clever. It's clever, Dave. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a perfect Andre Iguodala game. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, pull, I pulled up the stats. Uh, he was um, 
It was one, one for of one. one. Yeah. <laughs> one of one. <laughs> five rebounds, couple of assists. Uh, he didn't have any steals, but he was plus 25. Yep. And that's sort of what you want out of Andre Iguodala. You know, you, you don't need him to score. You you want him to be, you know, coach on the floor, make make plays, you know, get guys moving. And uh, that's what he's done in the first couple of games. Now, I, I don't think his individual defense is, is there yet. Like, he clearly looks like he, he needs a few games to yep. get his feet under him. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if this is what they're going to get, I, I think he's going to help them. So... I, we, I know you guys talked about it on, on Nerder after the deadline. Uh, we haven't really all gotten a chance to talk about it, but the other night, Wednesday night, when it looked like that was going to be a three-team deal and the Heat were going to get Danilo Gallinari, I was in Staples Center. I'm sitting with, you know, with Mo Dacchio. I'm sitting with Amin. Waz, I can't remember if you were at the table at that point, but when it looked like Gallo was going to the Heat, Amin and I were booking yeah, I was Mi- there. Miami. Yeah, we were booking Miami dates for the finals. Like we were like <laughs> hotels.com. I was booking Miami dates for the finals and just saying, all right, like, I think they'll beat the drafters. I think they'll beat the bucks. If they get Danilo, that obviously doesn't happen. But Waz, where do you think they stand in the hierarchy of the, of the East at this point? Yeah, I, I still don't think they're quite as good as the bucks. I don't, I, I just, th- I just feel like they're going to struggle to put the ball in the hoop um in those grinded out slow it down playoff games right um we mentioned last night that Jimmy was doing a great job of being a distributor we know he can go out and get his own shot i think they still need a guy that's you know at least pretty proficient at creating on his own i still think they're missing that i don't know that Gallinari was the level of one on one creator and scorer that was going to take them to that level, but I think he was he would have been a, of a great help. Obviously, we understand he spaces the floor, but, you know, he's one of those guys that kills bad switches when you try to put yeah. a small guy on him. He's good at the foul-drawn behavior. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I just don't think that they have enough scoring yet. Um, and also, I still have not been able to put down the heroin that is the talent of the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of mentioned that last night where, Dave, like, Waz and I are still holding on hope because that was our preseason prediction. We're yeah. still like, hey, maybe they're maybe they're built for playoff basketball more than regular season basketball, right? And, except Joel B comes out last night and gives a cryptic little social media message. And then, you know, Jimmy Butler fans the flames a little bit. And then Joel Embiid has to come back and backtrack, you know, and say, oh, feeling tough or whatever the hell he said. I don't, I don't know. And so, like, you know, there's just all this stuff with the Sixers, Dave. You can win while hating each other, like it is possible. But I don't you know. Be, if you got to be really good, team. though. You got to be right. really. I don't good. know if this team can do it. Like they are, they are missing. They're another team that could have used D'Angelo Russell, right? Oh, they are missing that kind of guy with the ball in his hands yeah. that could do stuff. That's a that's a threat. Uh, a guy that but Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons is a point forward, and, though. But but Dave? Ben Simmons could be setting screens for this guy, right? Like mm. I, I actually think that Ben Simmons. Uh, using him more like we always talk about using Lonzo Ball probably makes more sense where he's a, a super duper transition threat. And then in the half court, you have him in the dunker spot. You have him coming up, uh, you know, being a dive man and pick and roll, things like that. I, I just think that that's what they're missing. Uh, Josh Richardson, clearly not that guy. Um, and Tobias Harris too slow for that. And, and so like they're missing that that piece. I didn't think it was going to bother him because – I thought Al Horford was going to be a contributor this year. Um, clearly, I was incorrect about that. But we'll see when the playoffs start, I guess. I still, you know, I, I thought they were going to win the championship. I just don't see how they get out of the second round. I don't know if they get out of the first round. Is that is that an overreaction? I mean, if they're the five seed and they play Miami, let's say, because the way I've got my East here, it's like right the, Bucks, the Bucks are head and shoulders above everybody else. And then I've got Toronto, Boston, Miami grouped together with Miami slightly below Boston and Toronto. That's interesting because I've got Miami as the third team. I I just, I like, I hear what you guys have said, but like, I like how they look in a playoff setting to me. Sure. Um, but there is a lot of youth on that team though. And I'm, and I do have to like, I, I, don't I, I should, them. I should factor that in more actually. Yeah. I don't trust getting contribution out of none and hero and Duncan Robinson in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and it's a, nothing against those point. guys. No, it's just, they're young, man. Like you can't yeah. trust young guys. It, it was just like looking at Memphis this year. I thought they were going to be awful because rookie point guards usually are really bad. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's just based on track record, uh, 
of guys in those positions. So I have them like slightly below Toronto and Boston. I think you, you can't, I mean, we just talked about Toronto, but you can't deny what Boston's done. I mean, top five in both offense and defense. And, you know, they're, I mean, they've got more talent, I think this year on the floor because of Tatum's leap and Jalen Brown's leap uh, than they've had in a couple of years. So, um, but you look at the teams that, that Philly is probably going to have to play. It's going to be, you know, Boston, Toronto, or Miami. I I don't think they can. I don't think they can win. I think you yeah. might be right. They might be a first round out. Yeah, I think I think they'd lose to Miami in the first round. I think they'd lose to Toronto in the first round. The Boston matchup is interesting to me because I do think Boston is in trouble in a seven game series with the with the interior defense, um, and, they, and obviously they didn't address that at the deadline. But if Philly doesn't pull their shit together, then that might. I don't know. Like I I think I would just. I mean, Waz, I think I just picked Philly because I'm holding on hope for my it's prediction at this point talent, to not look man. entirely like, stupid. I, yeah, I, that's the thing. The they have talent. so much talent. And I do like the I like the additions of like GR3 and, and Burks. Like, I, like it's better than Me what too. they had. Alec, Alec Burks is one of my, he's one of my, you know, get to the Baja on Waz All-Stars. Always is he from New York? Game. No, he's not. Oh, he's a slasher, so he could have been oh, spiritually. <laughs> he's from New York. In right. New York, we call non-shooter slasher, Zach. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> was Kemba a slasher for the first couple of years of his career? He, yes, he was. He was a slasher, and then he became a shooter. <laughs> then he became a shooter, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I man. And I do... Uh, God, now I'm conflicted on this Miami team. Because they... Uh, I love this team, but Dave, you're right, like... It's one thing to rely on one young guy, right? Right. They've got it. Really, like you should throw Bam into the mix too. I know he's been in the league a couple of years, but he doesn't have no, a ton of experience. I don't guy. think that's right. I don't well, think he's overmatched, record, right? Yeah, I don't think he's overmatched. He's good, but like you can't ignore the fact that he he doesn't have a ton of experience in a playoff setting, and so you're really relying well, on Waz is gonna hate. Guys. Waz is gonna hate this. Hang on, Waz is gonna hate this. Uh-oh. But this is where that trade. And adding some adults to the team actually matters, right? Mm. And Iguodala, and I know, listen, hear me out. I know he's only shot that one year in Boston. Oh, but boy. having Jay Crowder oh, on the team, oh boy, at least gives you somebody yeah. who's not going to fold in a playoff game, right? Like you could throw him out well, there. Well, we and know say, he's willing to shoot. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's not afraid to shoot. I mean, they also had a guy like that named Dion Waiters before. Yeah. Although he didn't play defense, but Jay, but Jay will play defense, yeah. right? Yeah, or at least play defense, to play defense. But but again, like you can't overstate it. Duncan Robinson, Hero, none. Like these guys have had huge roles with the team this year, and in a playoff series, and in, in you know in big spots, tight possessions. I don't know that you can count on those guys on delivering, right? I'm actually somebody right. who feels that way about some of the guys on the Clippers, like. I know Landry Shamit is supposed to be some dead-eye shooter. I don't know I'm not, that I'm I, not confident in him. Yeah. Me neither. You know, like, Jermichael Green, he's been, he's been pretty competent in shooting and, and making the three this year. Uh, I, I, if I'm a team that's playing against them, I'm going to be more than happy conceding those type of looks. I think Miami has similar type of guys, right? Um, obviously, you know, Bam Adebayo's in the All-Star game this year. Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. Like, he's he's established himself as, you know, one of the best wings in the game. I just think, you know, when, when the defenses are really dialed up, especially Milwaukee, and let's face it, as bad as the Sixers have been, they flashed some levels of defense that we thought, like, wow, this is the type, this is what's going to be, almost a historic capable type of defense. Yeah. And when, and when they're starting five is out there, they're still very good defensively. Yeah. So like I think against those teams and, and teams that, you know, but you know, you, you watch the Spurs, right. And they do well, they used to anyway, not anymore. The defense is terrible, but you know, when somebody like Toronto, when they're super locked in defensively, they know who to close out on, who not to close out on. They like they know where they want the shot distribution to be coming from as a defense. Uh, we'll see how Miami handles those kind of things in the playoffs. I will say the the ball movement is fantastic. It is. Uh, Bam's passing has been a, a revelation to me. Yeah, he's. Um, and then you know the the creative way that they're using Jimmy Butler. Uh, and and the fact that he's playing so unselfishly. I mean, he was he was in the dunker spot a bunch last night in that game. I and, love and that look when they throw him there. It's, oh, it's fantastic yeah. because he's such a good and willing passer, too. And so he's able to not only pull the defense away 
from from the shooter on the weak side uh, corner. But he also, if he gets the ball, is a good ball mover as well. And so I, I just think they could throw so many looks that that they'll they'll do fine against a team that you know a Philly. I just can't trust them uh, just based on the track record from this season. So. Um, I still think it's going to be it's going to be Milwaukee and Toronto in in the conference finals, but um, yeah, I, I really expected more out of Philadelphia. I thought, I mean, I thought they were going to win the title. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I thought they Damn. I thought they'd be in the finals. I thought they were going to win the title. I thought they had it. Just being so big, having Joel Embiid, who you know you could argue would be the best player in any series that they ran into. Like yeah. you know, obviously, like. Giannis He's is right taking on his that game to another level. level, right? But like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But that, going into the season, that wasn't a crazy thought by any means. Yeah. And if he outperformed Giannis in a series, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't even say, surprised. oh, that's no, insane. No, no, yeah. Right. So, so I just thought they had a really good shot. And I expected that defense to be, I thought it was going to be the best defense in the league and possibly a historic defense. Same. Turns out, turns out the only historic team in the East is, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> or right. the Raptors if they don't lose again. Also, <laughs> right, also right. historic. Um, all right, before we before we run, I want to you know we do have our our drip and drown styles ranking expert, right? Sure. What, what did you call yourself? Was you not a? It's a not cult, a fashionista. I'm a, no, I'm a cultural anthropologist now. Cultural well. anthropologist, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, cultural yeah. anthropologist. Anthropology. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm doing now. Yeah, Dave. Excava- we're calling him a cultural es- excavation. Cultural excavation. You understand? Oh, because sure. <laughs> you're digging around on the internet. Right. Exactly. Is that, there you is go. that... <laughs> so we did have, you know, going back to the Raptors, we did have an, an interesting debate between OG, OG Ananobi and Serge Ibaka, where OG said he got Serge into fashion and then said he got him into scarves. And Serge said he doesn't do fashion, he does art. Waz, where do you fall on this this self proclamation? As so, as a as an infamous self proclamator, where do you fall on this self proclamation from Serge Ibaka? Look, <laughs> Ibaka is somebody who obviously cares about his appearance. I just love the the conversation because it's such a like a generational gap. Yes, and then so it's like the young guy and the old head, and it's like. Just a really fun conversation to watch. Um, there's another clip on the internet somewhere where uh, it was, I think it was Kawhi's first time back in Toronto. Serge Ibaka threw an event for something and he invited Stanley Johnson and he told him, he was like, yo, I told you to dress nice. And Stanley Johnson showed up in a sweatsuit, essentially. He's like, this is nice. Like, this is a fear of God sweater. Like, this is... And so he's like, that's not nice. That's what you call nice? You know, he's he's like, look at me. I look nice. Like, I'm wearing a suit. I'm wearing shoes. Like, this is nice. And Stanley's like, Serge, I'm I'm 23 years old. This is what looking nice means to people my age. Was Serge Serge wearing that lumberjack outfit that he took off the five-foot-two guy? No, he was... (laughs) I think he was wearing a suit with no shirt underneath. Listen, though. hey, look, I, I just, uh, you know, we used to call those pants floods when I was a sure. kid. Mm. Uh, high waters. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the Urkel special, pads. man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't wait until this stuff circles back around because I remember some of the stuff that like, I mean, we're all ish the same age. Yeah. I remember some of the stuff like we wore back in the day. Oh, yeah. And we'd be, you know, making fun of ourselves. I got a question for you, Waz. What night of All-Star Weekend are we all going to be tired of the scarves? It's oh. going to get hammered to death, I right? Mean, Friday yeah. night. Yeah, Friday, Friday. Friday. <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Somebody's going to do a scarf dunk. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Dwight Howard already has that in his bag. You know yeah, it. He's already, he's already wrapped, wrapped in his body in a big scarf like a mummy. Yeah. I know we're in the reclamation of, of Dwight Howard, but he's still the corniest guy. Like, he's yeah. still. Oh, 100%. It's still going to be that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I, I was at Staples on Friday and I was watching him talk to the refs, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I know this ref is so annoyed right now." Just like, dude, <laughs> just get out, get out of my face. Um, but no, the last thing I'll say about Serge, I just love the fun that they're having with it, right? Like, um, yeah. yeah. But just as a team, you can tell they're really connected as a team, and these guys really like each other. And I think that's my favorite part about the entire ordeal or episode or you know viral moment it's like wow these dudes actually enjoy each other's company and they're having fun with it keeping it light that's what it's supposed to be about man not everything hey, needs to hey, be my favorite 
Yeah. Good coaching. Yeah. Good, good management. My favorite part right? of that was OG just repeatedly saying, what about the scarves? What about the scarves? What about the scarves? <laughs> <laughs> like, Serge is trying to make a point. He's just interrupted. What about the scarves? What about the scarves? Like, he asked like five times in a row. It's such a, that's a hundred percent what you would do to just irk the per- the friend you're talking to, right? As they're yep. trying to like get a serious point out and you just keep asking the same question over and over to to piss them off. That's true friendship right there. That's what we do on this show every day. <laughs> that's right. You just say, Waz, what about Philly? What about Philly? What about your Philly prediction? What about your Philly prediction? You know? <sighs> They're really this year's Celtics. It's it's really You just... know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, pr- a prediction now. Okay. Sixers Uh-oh. in the finals. Oh even with all this stuff. Go. You know? Do I believe what I'm saying? <laughs> no. No, not really. But I'm gonna make the prediction. <laughs> but anyway. if it somehow miraculously comes true, you're gonna be playing this oh. audio everywhere as if, you know, you were Nostradamus. Absolutely. And then if it doesn't, you know. I don't believe it. So see, now we have the audio of, of both ways. We can we can cut as as needed. But yeah, Sixers in the finals. Why not? I mean, I know the reasons why not, but, but you know, let's it's just dumb predictions anyway. What does it matter? Also, MVP, Damian Lillard. How about that? Wow. I don't believe that. I actually don't believe full I, baseball there. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna full like this thing. He's gonna have A Rod. <laughs> Win 50 games and, yeah. and win MVP. Yeah, I oh, think that's man. what's going to happen. Um, and listen, Dame is having a crazy season. Like, the he's on a run. Like, it, it it's wild when you look at what he's been doing, like, the last 12, 14 games. And then you compare it to Steph Curry's 15, 16 and see what Steph did for the entire season. Uh, Steph didn't have, you know, he wasn't scoring 40 a game. But the, the shooting numbers yeah, are it's pretty almost hard, exactly right? the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, come on. Okay. Let's before we go. Let's make predictions for All Star Weekend. All right. Oh, if you can remember a person in the skills competition, who do you think wins the skills competition? Colin Sexton. That's the only name is I know. He, that's in it. He's in it, right? I don't, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's in it. But crap, that would is be a, he in that's it? A, that's I bet you get good odds on that. You know? Yeah, probably. Dude, <laughs> Zach, I literally have no idea who's in the skills competition, and I've read that list at least twice. <laughs> The only one I remember is Patrick Beverly. I know he's in it, so I'm going with Patrick Jeez. Beverly. Oh no way! Is he the least skilled guy to ever he be won in the it skills before. contest? But he's, he's a Chicago. Oh, but he's wow. a Chicago point guard. So yeah, he's a Chicago, oh, and, okay. and he's won it before. He's a one-time champ. Doc literally <laughs> drops the Chicago point guard thing as a gag oh, in God. every single press conference. Single <laughs> it's so time. annoying. Every single time. All right, uh, three-point competition. If you remember a guy in that, Dame. Dame. I think it's be Dame. Dame. I'm going yeah. Duncan Robinson. With the new rules, though, man, like, I wonder why you're doing that bonus points. What? What? What is that accusation? I'm just just wondering. Just, you know, I think he's going to be white hot. Was okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dunk competition. Vince Jones. Jerry Jones. (laughs) Um, I think Vince Carter is going to. I think they're going to have him do a dunk in a dunk. God, that would be so dope. That's, I mean, I, I have nothing to base that on. Yeah. It just feels like it's going to happen. Um, I would be all for that. I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon so we can stop whining about how he was robbed in Toronto and all this stuff. <laughs> By the way, Zach Levine not doing the dunk contest Weak. and doing the three. Oh, no, 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 no. Genius. Because Aaron Gordon's in it. It's it's the ultimate troll move. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You can't okay. beat me. That's fair. All right. I'm All right. I'm, I'm on board now. I didn't like it before, but I'm on board. That is a but troll. But doing move. the three-point contest is ridiculous. Yeah, he's not going to He's not even gonna yeah, get the shots on. off in time. Are you kidding me? He's going to get distracted. Uh, all right. Prediction for, for the Sunday game. I don't care who wins. I don't care about MVP. I just want a prediction. Will they understand the rules? Yes. I, I, don't, they will. I don't remember the rules. The rule is very simple. You just have um, to get to 24 points. What? And whoever ha- whoever the has the score. high score after the third quarter, add 24 to that score, and that's going to be what the game ends at. Yeah, so what's funny is originally... I oh, think so it's like the Elam ending. Yeah, it's just... So like, it, yeah, so instead if, of if it's 195, first yes. one to 124 wins. That's it. That's 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 the rule. The problem is, is that it's the all-star game, and that means the fourth quarter is going to last three minutes. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, they should have added 81 to it as the tribute to Kobe, rule. right? The, it's the freaking layup line game. And so we know how quickly they're going to get to 24 points. Like, these, game, these games finish in the, like, 200s damn near now. So, right. like, this was stupid. Yeah, just added 20. Although it does get everybody out early and you can go party. So maybe it's genius. Yeah, but I wonder how the T. So this is the thing, right? It's like the TV partners. How are they going to feel if that ends early? 
That's a good question. I mean, they keep they keep looking for more and more stuff to to add to. Yeah, because you're not content. selling you're not selling ads in that fourth quarter the same right. way, right? Because that's that's gonna be quick, man. Yeah, I, that fourth quarter that could, will be five or six minutes. Could legitimately be eight possessions. Yeah, Thank that's you. crazy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's nuts. Like th- 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 well, this is how I know the league is sort of not thinking a lot of these things through. It's like, do you got like it's the well, All Star game. Yeah, originally it was gonna there was gonna do this thing anyway, this format, but I think originally it was gonna be thirty five points. You were adding thirty five points on top of it. And, and then, that's better. It's better for sure, yeah. But then, you know, Kobe passes, obviously, and so they I think they rushed that part of it to try to find a tribute to him. And um and yeah, that may ultimately I mean, maybe they turn it into just like I think it's gonna be this over the weekend anyway, but maybe they turn it into just moments to slow things down and you know, tributes to Kobe and stuff. That's probably how they how they treat the fourth quarter, I would imagine. A lot of Kobe moments, a lot of Kobe all-star moments. Like I think they'll lean heavily on that. And maybe you have like timeouts with video tributes and stuff to kind of extend things. I don't know. I'd like to see them really blow out the charity pot. Yeah. And, and give these guys something like real to play for. Like make it a million dollars to the charity of your choice. You know, uh, like really, really put the chips on the table because those guys will play hard for that kind of stuff. I mean, it's one of the things that that NBA players I think are are fantastic about is all the community stuff. Um and I, I think if you know if LeBron James is playing for a million dollars to go to, I don't know, Akron Boys and Girls Club, let's say, uh, or his promised school or something like yeah. that, I think you'll get the best out of these guys. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully uh I don't know. I think I think it'll be a fun weekend overall though, from afar. Dave, you're you're dying, so you may, I you may not dying. make it through the I, weekend but <laughs> But if you make it through the weekend, I think it'll be very fun for you. I'm flying up on Thursday, hoping that I don't feel any worse. Yeah. And I'm going to hole up in my hotel and just like peek my head out when it's 16 degrees on Friday. Take it easy until Saturday night. Saturday night's really where you want to be anyway. So yeah, I'm going to just, Rob is going to lead me around. I'm going to wrap myself up in a big scarf. Rob will put you on one of those like chest leeches that they have, or leashes that they have kids on at the airport. Like, I think that'll be, that'll be you and Rob right there. Perfect. Uh, All right. Well, get some rest, get ready for all-star weekend. Everyone. Thanks for listening to the back to back podcast. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check out Nerder later in the week. Make sure you check out uh, tampering. What do we got? No dunks. We got hoops adjacent. We got house stress, all that good stuff. Check out all those on the athletic on Apple podcast. Where you listen to podcasts and uh, keep it locked in on the athletic for Dave DeFour, Wazi Lambre, John Krasinski, Mike Smeltz, Jade Hoy. I'm Zach Harper. This has been Basketball Man. More basketball. Either one.